You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right, look out now. Here we come, the Ron and Don Show, episode number 35. And we just want to thank everybody for tuning in and really thank our partners at Les Schwab. They heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show each and every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And here we are, hot into the holidays. And Ron, I got to ask you, you know, when I started building a house a couple of years ago, I would, uh, if I needed a kitchen sink, if I needed a new toilet, a lot of stuff I would just order online. And one of the reasons I would order online, stuff you can order online, better selection, and sometimes better quality than things that you can find in a brick and mortar store. One of the biggest problems that I had though is when somebody in the neighborhood figured out what I was doing. Uh, I ended up having to buy, re- in, in fact, there's a toilet that I had to replace three times because a porch pirate came and got it. And then I had a particular sink, a kitchen sink, and the porch pirates, they love sinks. And I had four different sinks that were stolen off the porch before I finally ended up with the sink uh, that I was going to stall in my house. So it became a real issue and a real problem, especially if you're consistently getting packages all the time. And this is happening all around the country right now. In fact, this was a problem in a place called Hazelwood, uh, which is a suburb right outside of St. Louis. And there's a family there. They were just getting sick and tired of people that were stealing diapers off their porch because they would have diapers that would be dropped off each and every week. And I have, uh, I used to do that uh, when my son was a little baby. And in fact, who knows, when I'm 70 years old, maybe I'll continue having diapers delivered to my house for me. So because he's going to have to change my diaper at some point. We've talked about that. Anyway, this family got sick and tired of it. And they said, you know what we're going to do is they pulled out some of the diapers and then they inserted some of the feces from the baby in the family. They inserted those back in the diapers and then they sealed up the diaper box. And the next thing you know, uh, the next day, the porch pirates showed up. They stole uh, the box full of diapers, which is now also a box full of feces. And as a result of that, uh, they say it is curbed. It has curbed uh, the porch pirates from showing up at their house and stealing more diapers and more stuff that's being delivered. Uh, the police in Hazelwood are saying that they're not encouraging this. And at the same time, just knowing some people in law enforcement, they have to love the fact oh, that people absolutely. are fighting back when it comes to porch pirates. And I think we all would have loved to have been there when the diapers were opened up and the baby's feces were presented to those well, porch Well, and this particular family also installed one of those uh, ring cameras yeah. that looks like a doorbell so they could take the footage of the uh, the diaper poop thief uh, and send that to the police. They did make an arrest in this case. I've seen those a lot now of the ring cameras at the front doors because we tour so many houses now. You see it all over the place. I did the old school thing, and just, this this was happening to me in Seattle, uh, in my, my condo in Seattle. People were just coming. People steal everything over there if it's not nailed down. I had a guy steal a cooler. We talked about that one time. Cooler, I, I had done a barbecue. There was a cooler. It still had, I was waiting for all the ice to melt so I could j- drain it out. And some dude, I caught the guy stealing my red Coleman cooler full of uh, beers. I'm like, what are you going to do with like 
10 beers and, and what some are you going to do to your 10 beers? Because you don't even like beer. I don't beer. even like beer. So, it's just the fact, though, that you took your cooler. You stole you didn't, it. You didn't like it. Yeah. So I just did the old school thing and got a, a mailbox service that I pay for monthly. So when I know that I have a package, I can get it delivered there. Someone can sign for it. They put it behind a counter and it's a secure place. I, I know that not everybody can do that. Uh, I don't know what you should do. Because if you buy the camera, then you install the camera. And in fairness to police officers, I think the last thing really not the last thing lower on the priority list is if i get 500 cameras of someone taking their amazon package which is you know who knows what maybe someone bought some socks that week and those socks are important to you but to the spd maybe they're not going to do like an apb out because three pairs of socks got stolen and so it's it's a relatively low stakes crime your situation is different than that you know when a a, a toilet or a sink shows up and it's in a big box that those are obviously items that are a lot more expensive so i get it that there's a range of prices on this but if i'm if i'm an spd or if i'm kent pd or i'm everett pd and i was like okay here's 50 videos off of some doorbell camera of of a package being stolen i don't really know what to do with i would disagree with that because i i know some folks that work for robert here in seattle and if if they have if they if if they have video proof uh then a lot of times because it's the same people in the same neighborhoods doing the same stuff if they have video proof and they could a couple different videos so, of but the they same recognize people. Recognize what you're saying? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want to speak on behalf okay. of SPD. All I want to say is when you're, you're saying, well, if they, have, if they have video, it's not enough. No, that's exactly what they need. If they don't have any video, then you're out of luck. If you don't okay. have any video, I mean, I'll stand corrected. I, I mean, good luck. If you have video, they are all about that, and they really feel like they can... I, I, uh, I'm not trying to blame the victim here, though. I just think that it's it's one of those crimes that these folks did something fun and clever, and they got a news coverage for it about putting the poopy diapers in a box, taping it up in the Amazon packaging, and then the, the, the jokes on the thief. That thief got caught. But I think it's a huge problem in the Pacific Northwest, where these people are roaming around neighborhood. There, there, are, there are stories of folks that just follow the UPS truck. Yeah, we rank third in the country as far as porch pirates go so it's, we're in the we're, we're in the top five in seattle so sure. my I, I guess my my solution was to just get a mailbox service if you can't do that maybe get the ring camera is going to help you out but i think for whatever people are, are are buying drugs they're hoping that they open this box and that they find a high-priced electronics item that they can then pawn I, I think if they just see a pair of socks they'll either put the socks on or if it's like a kitchen item they just throw it in the garbage because they can't pawn that off and so a lot of this stuff, I think, just ends up under a bridge somewhere when they open up the boxes. Yeah, and I think where you have to get concerned is when you get to the point where you're ordering your fourth sink from the same company, they start to scratch their head and say, wow, are you the porch pirate? Are you stealing your own stuff? And luckily for me, uh, they had seen that I'd rung up over $100,000 in gear from this particular uh, company for remodeling this house and they're like okay out of a hundred thousand dollars in gear we can see where some sinks every once in a while or a toilet uh, may get stolen i don't know what you do with a stolen toilet though. if it's metal if it was copper or something well you can, you can in seattle nobody's using the stolen toilets because we just see help yeah <laughs> ain't that the truth we see buckets of smeared feces everywhere so anyway that's one way to get a private show started uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, yes, my son has his hand in the air. Wave it like you just don't care. Yes, sir, with the Santa hat on. What's your question? I can't hear you. What? Can I help with the Xbox? 
Can you have help with the Xbox? Okay, we'll get to that in just a moment. I'm going to help my son with the Xbox. You're going to hear from Les Schwab. We'll see you on the other side of this. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, uh, Brett Clark is here with Les Schwab. 85 locations to serve you. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show, and our thanks to Les Schwab for doing this. Let's talk about... Uh, a lot of times we pull into the other guys. They'll charge us a couple hundred dollars to put our car up on a rack. Not at Les Schwab, but people pull in, especially as we head into some really rough driving. Uh, you guys will take a look for free and let people know, hey, this is what's going on with your brakes. This is what's happening with your batteries. This is ha- what's happening with your tire wear, right? Absolutely. Part of our best tire value promise is our free peace of mind tire protection. So we come in. you come into Les Schwab, you're going to take off for your holiday travels. You know, you're going to Grandma's for Thanksgiving. You're going to be heading over the pass. Come by one of our 85 Les Schwab locations, and we're going to get that in. We'll take a look at it. We'll check your brakes. We'll check your battery. We'll check your front end. We'll make sure everything's going great for you. All free of charge. Brett, I'm always surprised, even though we we have a relationship with you for a decade. Like, I had a slow leak on my truck, went in there, you guys fixed it for free, and I'm like, seriously? Like, it, it surprised me every time of how great you take care of me. I don't even think I bought the tires there. You just pulled up my name. It's like, oh, you've bought stuff in the past. I'll just go ahead and fix that slow leak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all part of the goodwill. You know, we want to we make sure that, uh, you know, flat tires are a really interesting uh, phenomenon because that's a terrible day in somebody's world. You know, that's a... Your vehicle, that's how you get around. And if we can if we can take that flat repair from you, if we can repair that, if we can get that back on, put your spare away, and do all that for you for free of charge, we hope maybe we just we made an impression on your day. We, we hope to make that day just a little bit better for you. Yeah. Don't forget, 85 locations serve you throughout Western Washington. Les Schwab, proving it once again. Let's say it together. Doing the right thing. It matters. holidays happy holidays to you episode number 35 i got a quick question for you sure do you find as you get older uh as a man heading towards 50 are you crying more are you crying less and do you consider yourself a crier or a non-crier uh i don't think i've seen you, you sprung this on me so i'm trying to track I think I'm about the same. I was never one that cried a lot or cried a little, but when I did something hit me, I would get emotional. I would do the thing where I would, I would get emotional and almost cry, <laughs> yeah. but then not really yeah. actually weep. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I see a trend. So are you crying once a week, once a month, once a year? Yeah, maybe I get this emotional almost cry thing. Yeah couple times a year like mm-hmm. usually at a, at a very poignant movie or something like that or as something big happens in my life i was really fascinated because i i saw anthony hopkins sit down with brad pitt the other day and they were in a movie together uh decades ago and they're sitting down and they're having a conversation and they're both at very different points in their career and brad is no, uh now over 50 uh 55 i believe anthony hopkins is 81 and they're sitting on a stage and they're going back and forth and they're interviewing each other and brad pitt talked about the fact that he didn't cry for 20 years that he considered himself to be a non-crier and as they're having this conversation and going back and forth they find out they have something in common anthony hopkins hasn't had a drink in 45 years and he doesn't necessarily consider himself an alcoholic he just says you know what uh that was a time in my life 
where uh, drinking, I found, was not helpful. And so it's a past chapter. And he says, I'm not evangelical about people drinking or not drinking. It's just a decision that I've made, and it's in my past. And Brad Pitt decided about two years ago, after there was an episode with Angelina Jolie and his kids on a plane, and they said that he got very reactive, and he was investigated by Child Protective Services for maybe hurting one of his sons. So there's a big investigation. He was cleared of that. But as a result, he was sitting there, and he talked about that he has stopped drinking. And one of the reasons he stopped drinking is he said – uh, it's a, he, he considered it to be a, a, a disservice. He said, and this is a quote and, uh, their interview together that you can read in Esquire. It says, I'm realizing as a real act of forgiveness for myself and for all the choices that I've made that I'm not proud of, that I value the missteps because they led to some wisdom, which led to something else. Uh, that's what he told Hopkins. He said, you can't have one without the other. He said, I see it as something I'm just now getting my arms around at this time in my life, but I certainly don't feel like I can take credit for any of it. And then uh, Hopkins went on and brought up uh, his struggles with alcohol. And then he finished with this. He said, uh, he went on to reveal, they said, I haven't cried in about 20 years. He said, but when I stopped drinking, I started crying. And Brad Pitt says, as he gets older now, he just feels things more deeply. When he sees his child do something, or when he sees something on the news that bothers him, or he sees a beautiful piece of art, because he really loves art and uh, architecture, he says that it brings him to tears. And Anthony Hopkins told him, he said, you know what, just prepare for more of that. Because as you get older, and as you remain more open, uh, he says uh, he cries sometimes on almost a daily basis. And, and this might sound trite, but I have some sympathy for uh, Brad Pitt in this regard. He was quite young when he stormed the the scene in Thelma and Louise. If you remember, I think that was his first movie role, and he was sort of this specimen of a human being where he had his shirt off and he was like a lust object for Thelma and Louise. He still is. He, he still, still looks is. great with his shirt and so, And then he just had a meteoric rise uh, in fame from that movie onward. And... Uh, the the desire to want to escape that in in some way shape or form has to be huge like the type the the type of fame that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie the level that they had uh, and have is i mean you can't go to a store you couldn't leave your house in the morning there you know paparazzi everywhere like that type of environment i can understand the drive to say what can i do to kind of numb this a little bit. What can I do to escape? It's, it's nonstop anywhere in the world. Uh, like they can't go on. That's why they were on a private plane uh, is because you, when you're Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, you just can't walk up to the Delta counter and grab a couple tickets and stand in line. Like it would be a mob scene at any airport in the world, basically. So like, I, I feel for him reaching for something or having a desire for something to say, how can I numb this a little bit? How can I escape this reality a little bit? And people might go, oh, well, you know, yeah, it must be nice to be on your private jet and be super famous. But no, I have a sympathy for that because he's a human being and the, the amount of pressure that he was carrying, she obviously should not have taken it out on his kid, 
obviously shouldn't have had those episodes, and, and he, he, I wish he would have had a healthier way to deal with that. But Angelina Jolie had her own stuff going on. When she was with Billy Bob Thornton and her meteoric rise to fame, she was into some, some numbing behavior and things where yeah. she tried to escape. So that's got to be – I know that there's a ton of great things that come with fame, but it, it's got to be difficult yeah. at the same time. He said at some point alcohol was necessary uh, for him. This is how he ended the interview, though, which I really liked. Uh, Brad Pitt, he said – then he noted, it's about what you do after a mistake is, is what really matters. He says, we've always placed great importance on the mistake. But the next move, what you do after the mistake, that's what defines a person. He says, we're all going to make mistakes. But what is the next step? And we don't have a culture. We as a culture don't seem to stick around to see what the person's next step is going to be. And he said, and that's the part I find so much more invigorating and interesting. What's the next step after a mistake? It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, episode number 35. And don't forget to subscribe. We really appreciate that, you guys. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. Well, hey, you guys, here we go into the winter driving months here in the great specific Northwest, as my son used to uh, say. You know what I did last fall is I stopped by Les Schwab Tire Center and I said, could you put the new Mazama open range tires on my 4Runner? And I'm telling you, Ron, when they put those tires on, it was a game changer when it came to control, when it came to gas mileage, and when I would put my truck in four-wheel drive, sometimes with the other tires, it would slip. Not with the Mazama open range tires. And don't forget, you have a 60-day ride guarantee. So if you get to the 59th day and you don't like those tires, take them back to Les Schwab and they'll just replace them for you. Yeah, not just a 60-day guarantee. 60,000-mile warranty on these tires. So go to LesSchwab.com. You can find the store nearest you. Head on in there. If you need some traction, you're concerned about winter driving, you're going to go snowboarding, skiing, or going over the passes this winter, this is what you need to do. Yeah, and if you're in a passenger vehicle, which a lot of you are as you're listening to the Ronald on podcast, you can choose the Mazama reputation tires those are great too that's all season traction they are quiet they are comfortable and you get that seventy thousand mile warranty so what are you waiting for visit lesschwab.com that's lesschwab.com for more information about these amazing tires and i can't endorse them enough les schwab let's say it together doing the right thing you know it matters For over a decade now in the Ron and Don Nation, we've had a great relationship uh, with Les Schwab. The thing I love about them is, yeah, they want to do business with you, and they want to do business with your family generationally. They do the right thing because they know that that matters, and they want to do business. But at the same time, they just want to do a lot of great things in the community. And they want to take their 85 stores, and they want to leverage that. Because they want to make sure this holiday season that there's not one child, one child out there that is left without a toy. And it doesn't matter what you're celebrating for the holidays. I always love that Dave Ross said this, that a gift is really a symbol. 
And it's a symbol that we in the community have not forgotten about. And when he shared that a number of years ago, I've never forgotten that. I think it's really true. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Brett Clark is here right now. Brett, that's true, isn't it? When it comes to a toy, it's a symbol that, hey, we have not forgotten about you. And that's why each and every year, you guys are partnering with who this year? We partner with the Ron and Don Nation. Mm-hmm. I think Q13, too. Q13, We're- we partner with them. Uh, we par- f- uh, partner with the Forgotten Children's Fund, as well as 11 other local charities uh, to ensure, just like you said, that, that no child is forgotten, that every child is remembered on Christmas. Yeah. So uh, what do you want people to do as we head into the holidays here? And they're like, yeah, I hear you, Brad. I want to be a part of that, too. What would you like me to do? Because a lot of times getting involved now, you just click a mouse and you bought something and it's sent and it's wrapped and you're never really a part of that. This allows people to take your kiddos, walk into a store and be a part of the spirit of buying a toy and then giving that toy away. And you guys are helping facilitate that through the leverage of your 85 stores, right? Oh, without a doubt. And and that's really the magic of it all. That's really the magic of it is, is just like you said, is that is that internal piece, you know? And, and although it's great if you don't have the time to 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 come into one of our tire centers to donate online but there's there's something that can't be replaced about having your child pick out a toy that's going to go to another child delivering that and allowing your child to put that in our box in our store there's something magical about that every single time it happens and it still breaks me up every every single time i see it so brett are there categories that typically sort of fly under the radar where every year year in you're like ah we get a lot of stuff for three-year-olds Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of stuff for whatever. Is there like a, a blind spot that mm-hmm. maybe people could attach to and go, oh, I, I, I can take care of that age or that uh, specific profile? There is. That, that age group is always, every year is 15 to 17 years old. Those are always the kids, boys and girls, that always seem to get lost. You know, everyone likes to go go pick out the plush toy and bring it down, you know, for the for the younger child. But but those kids at, at that 15 to 18-year-old bracket always seem to kind of fall within the cracks. Yeah. So tell us what you want people to do. They're listening right now. They're saying, Brett, I'm with you. I know that there's a tire location probably in my community, leschwab.com. You'll see that there's 85 locations to serve you. What would you, what would you like us to do? How can we respond to this? Well, uh, what we'd like you to do um, is to bring an unwrapped gift down into our tire centers. And we want to meet you. We want to shake your hand. We want to thank you um, because you're part of something magical. You're part of something absolutely wonderful is to make sure that no kids get forgotten each year. Yeah. And then where do these toys go? And do they ultimately end up wrapped and under a tree somewhere? Or They, they do. One of the things that we take a lot of pride in is, is the toys that are donated in your community stay in your community. We're, we're set up in 12 different communities. So if you're in Skagit County, if you're in, if you're in Kitsap County, if you're in King County, you donate to the to to our tire center, and those t- uh, toys are going to stay in that community. So, Brett, I've always been curious because I've watched you guys pull up in the Les Schwab vans, and I've watched the guys unload thousands of toys, but I've never been able to ask you what happens when they get back to their stores. Like, what do the, what's the conversations like when they're in the break room or when you're when you're driving away and you guys just delivered happiness literal happiness to, to hundreds or thousands of kids you know there's a lot of high fives and a lot of handshakes you know because we know that we've done something important doing the right thing matters is not only our slogan but it's our way of life it's it's who we are professionally it's who we are um, personally and uh, it really kind of personifies that for us so each each one of us uh, the 85 stores not only the managers but all the employees and even the the customers can all uh, feel good because we did something special again this year. And it's probably cool for them to have a story to take back to their store. 
And say, Absolutely. hey, I just, we just uh, offloaded all these toys that we gathered. It's got to yeah. feel good for everybody. We all have amazing stories that we that are all in our hearts each year yeah. uh, because of the generosity of, of our customers, your listeners, and our communities. How much time do we have if we want to get a new Unwrapped Toy to one of our 85 locations? Well, we've got far. this thing kicked off. It's, it's in full force. Uh, we have until December 17th to get these toys into the tire center so that we can get them out to kids by Christmas time. Yeah. And then, uh, as Ron said, I've seen them come 10, 15, 20 trucks at a time, loaded with toys, loaded with bikes, loaded with helmets, kids of all ages, all around Western Washington, making sure that every child gets a toy. And I know that the folks at Q13, they're great, great partners with you on this. Absolutely, yeah. So our thanks to them. LesSchwab.com, doing the right thing matters. Brett, thanks to you, and thanks to everybody in the Ron and Don Nation. Don't forget, when you stop by Les Schwab Tire Center, you can drop off a toy. They'll take your rig, throw it up on a rack, and go, wow, can you believe this? You still have 90% of your brakes. Let's bring the rig down. They'll just send you on your way. You don't need work done. They don't do it at Les Schwab. Not like the other guys. They get a hold of your car. They're holding it hostage. You're not going to see your car for three years. About <laughs> that. They take great care of you and everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, and we are so happy to have them as one of our title sponsors. They heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show each and every week. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. All right? It's the Ron and Don Show. Everything at ronanddon.com, leschwab.com. Let's make sure we get out to a tire center uh, this holiday season and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Thank you. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show, episode 35. Big shout out to Les Schwab. If you uh, are needing to upgrade the winter tires and you go over the pass a lot, this is the time of year. Go into Les Schwab, say, Ron and Don sent me. Look at my tires. I uh, Here's the thing that a lot of guys would be embarrassed to do. I don't know how to put chains on. Maybe it's been years. Go in and say, guys... Teach me how to put some chains on this tire. They'll they'll do it there for you at Les Schwab. I want this. I found super interesting because I think this dovetails with your life experience. Wanting your take on it. There's some criticism right now uh, over uh, the gifted program in the Pacific Northwest schools. And and you were a guy that was in the gifted program uh, growing up in, in school. Believe it or not. Uh, and and sometimes I got placed in these these programs as well. And so they did an audit here in the Seattle school district specifically and they found out if you are if you happen to be a caucasian a white student you are 18 times more likely to be in the gifted program than if you are a black student and so they go through and they are they're looking at this and saying okay time out uh some parents are are questioning what is going on here because how are we going to do something for our children where um, that can't be true? It can't be that 70% of uh, the population, if, if you have a distribution of, of all kids, that the only the gifted kids happen to be white and the, the kids that happen to be black, like 2% of them are gifted. That doesn't make any sense. If, if, if giftedness is, quote unquote, if, if giftedness is a trait that we can measure, that should be distributed across all 
uh, you know, ethnicities across all genders. Like you shouldn't see a cluster of giftedness that only appears if you're Asian or if you're white and not appearing if you're Hispanic or black or only appearing with girls and not with boys. So they're like, if there is such a thing as being gifted and, and, uh, and being of this thing, shouldn't we see it distributed across everything? And so they're, they're wanting this program to be more balanced. And so the, the, the school is saying, well, what do we do with that? How can we guarantee that we're going to be balanced? So let's take this one step at a time. As someone that went through this, I think that there's a, a place for this because if you're a kid and you're always bored at school, I think the school does need to notice that and go, you're a smart kid. You're bored with the way this is being presented. We need to get you in a situation that is different than the, the than, than in, in more active. Yeah, great point, great story. Two, two words I don't like. I don't like gifted and I don't like honors. Because for the child then that is not in that class. Are they not gifted? Do they not deserve honor? And of course they do. The other thing they, they, say, they just advanced they, learner. They just they call it now, yeah, and, and and that's that's probably better. I think we have to be very careful with gifted and. And then what happens if you're placed in one of these classes and you struggle in these classes or you fail, you get a D or an F. You are in an honors class or you are in a gifted class, and now as a result of being in the honor or gifted class, uh, you flunked, and now we're sending you back to the class where there's no honor or where you're not gifted. So. I think that that's a big issue, the way that we label things. And then also, uh, and I've seen this with my son's school. My son goes to a school where the kids are primarily Caucasian. And the the workforce that supports the school is mostly Amazon workers or tech workers. So when I go to pick him up after school, believe it or not, I see a lot of dads there. Not just moms, but dads that are picking their kids up. Anytime they need a volunteer for anything, people come out of the woodwork. So if kids need to be driven somewhere, if you have to bring supplies, you need tutors, whatever, people come out of the woodwork uh, uh, to help and to be a part of something. This is not a working class elementary school, uh, but this is a public elementary school, and it's rated uh, the number two elementary school in the city of Seattle. There's actually two of them, and it's uh, rated sometimes number one, number two. Some of these other schools where you really have working class families, where families can't come and pick up their kids after school or tutor or help drive or whatever it is and can't help be a part of the PTA or give a lot of extra dough because they're working three jobs. That's really reflective when you go back in the teacher's class and you see the support that a lot of these teachers don't have. So you have a lot of teachers in working class neighborhoods where they don't feel the support and guess where they'd rather go teach? For a lot of them, they would rather go teach in a neighborhood, maybe like an Amazon neighborhood where you feel that support. So now all of a sudden you're saying, hey, why are all the uh, Caucasian kids, uh, or why are all these kids in this Amazon neighborhood, uh, why are they gifted, or why do they? Why should they be part of an honors program? Where are the gifted and honored kids in other neighborhoods? Believe me, they are there. Sometimes they just don't have the support. So, so does the school system need to do it strict? So in other words, if I said there are the 14% of the students are black, so therefore 14% of the honors program needs to be black, which means that then there will be some kids of other ethnicities that are at the bottom of that range that are on the bubble that they would not now be honored. So those parents are going to be upset. Where it's like, my kid is, we did all the testing. You know what we need to do? I had the IQ test and we did the no. aptitude test and we did all these testing. My kid should be in honors. But it's like, and then you, you're, you're, I, 
This is a tough situation to have for these parents. I don't think we're going to solve this on a podcast, but all we have to do is go back and look at the Cleveland field. Look at the Cleveland field, which is now built at Cleveland High School uh, in Seattle, Washington. And then look at the Ballard field, right? The Ballard field. And a lot of kids that go to Ballard, their parents work at Amazon. They work in the tech community, South Lake Union. And guess what? The money got passed to build both fields, and guess which field got built? The one in Ballard. Guess which one did not? The one in Cleveland. Guess what? The kids in Cleveland, mostly African-American. Up in Ballard, mostly Caucasian kids. As a result of that, we have to do a better job of paying more attention because the levy was passed, the money was there, and those kids in Cleveland and those parents in Cleveland, that administration in Cleveland, nobody was helpful toward them, and that's why we went on the rampage to get that field built. So I think a lot of the resources are already there. We just have to do a job, uh, a better job at paying more attention. And I think for a lot of parents out there, if you're at a school where your kiddo, there's already a lot of resources there, what about taking some time to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a different school in a different school district, and I'm going to volunteer my time there, or I'm going to give some money to the PTA there, or I'm going to help uh, foster a child there. I think that that could make a big difference. I just think, and I know this is probably pie in the sky, and there may not be the resources I for it. I love pie in the sky. It's my favorite kind of kind pie. Of pie. Yeah. Is not every kid learns the same. And so if you just... If a kid's bored with like, hey, memorize these 10 things and then repeat them back to me on a test, like their aptitude may be different. And so I just wish there was a way to spot that and say, yeah, you're maybe you're not a great like fill in the bubble test taker, but man, you're super creative or you're great with your hands or you're super athletic or whatever. You're super musical to pull them out and get a kid that maybe they're gifted in a way that doesn't fall in line yeah. with these four tests that they and have And we to have take. to make sure that we honor kids. For instance, I, I may be really good at taking a English test in, in what was called an honors class when I was in high school. The same high school, my brother, my older brother, may not be in that honors class, but he is out tearing apart the family suburban and shop class and putting it all back together. And guess what? It actually ran when he got done with it. And then ever since then... He has the ability to go out and to build things with his hands. My son has the same uh, ability. When you see him with Legos, to build things with his hands. And as we look around, and we look around some of the trades, uh, if you've hired a plumber lately, I had a plumber come over the other day to do a one-hour job. It cost $600 to do it. And guess what? Because a plumber can charge $600 to do it because there's not enough plumbers in the city of Seattle right now. All right? He's Ron. I'm Don. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. Again, our thanks to Les Schwab. You wanted, well, you you demanded three. You heard the plea, and now you have three episodes of the Ron and Don Show each and every week. Don't forget to subscribe. We really appreciate that. And also, don't forget, Ron, we're licensed realtors, aren't we? We are. You can do a Ron and Don sit-down. Email me, ron at windermere.com. He's Don O'Neill with two L's at windermere.com. We're doing a couple sit-downs this week. It's, it's really interesting to see where people are and what their plans are for 2020 and beyond. We can help you make some of those big yeah, decisions. Yeah, even if you're not ready to buy and sell, but you're thinking about retiring or doing something else, downsizing, upsizing, whatever it is, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a cup of coffee. Ron, myself, in you. All right, reach out to us. Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com, everything at ronanddon.com. We will see you on the next episode of the Ron and Don Show. And thanks for listening, you guys. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, let's